Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Championship Week breakdown of Easy and PK Talk Fantasy Football. How you doing, Easy? How you how you been? Um, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but my pain and whatnot goes up and down, ebb and flow, and it's a rough couple of weeks, but I seem to be getting better again. So pretty upbeat and happy about it. Well, excellent. And I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, we, we haven't been able to get together since the fantasy football season ended. That was, what, three weeks ago now? Yeah. And so now it's nice to, nice to hear from you again. Happy New Year. How, how, was, how was your New Year? New Year's was good. Um, New Year's, for me, New Year's always symbolizes the start of conference play in college basketball. So I am high as a kite on that. I college basketball is my first love and I think it always will be so to be able to watch all these conference games I'm usually watching two a day and having a blast how about you that's awesome sounds like you're you're living a a decent life over there yeah New Year's was good despite the Vikings doing an absolutely dreadful job against the Green Bay Packers on that New Year's Eve we ended up going to Christie's 40th birthday party over at her house and we were able to hang out with some friends stayed up late watched the ball drop so heard heard you watched the barbie movie did we watch the barbie movie i didn't at christie's maybe they watched it after we left did they watch it after we left she said something about that when i texted her so oh funny yeah we stayed until about 12 30 and then we we took off but that was about it yeah that was a couple weeks ago already so uh, how time flies can you believe January is halfway over. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy to think about. We were going to record back in that first week in January, but both of us, you know, you with your pain and I got busy with kids and we just haven't been able to get together. But we got to dig back into our notes here to figure out what the hell happened. What did happen? It looks like John won again. Ho-hum. Yeah, go figure, huh? Yeah, John, John Nelson picks up his fifth golden football. And we just calculated we this is our 18th year, and he's won five of them. And I was just looking at the trophy case recently, and that goes along with three silver footballs and six bronze footballs. So 14 total trophies for John, and we've only been at this for 18 years, so he's used to winning. I was actually looking at you know possible trades for next year with everyone, and I get to John's team, and it's just like, I can't even trade with him. All of his, like, I have a good team, but all of his players are better than mine. He there he has doesn't have a reason to trade trade right. He doesn't have a reason to trade exactly. with us because he doesn't want to make us better. Yeah. So he's just sitting on all the best players, and we're all just trying to catch up to him. He was beatable this year, or at least his division was more closely contested than it has been recently. And he actually had two competitors that could have knocked him out of the playoffs, but it just didn't turn out this season for him. I actually talked to him on New Year's Eve, and he even said that there was one point a couple weeks before the playoffs where he was, you know, tied with you and Aaron Bavacqua kind of at a dogfight there, and he said that after the early games, he said he finally realized, like, I'm going to miss the playoffs this year. He he watched the early early round games, and he actually said to himself, I'm going to miss the playoffs this year. And that was the first time he ever thought of that in 18 years. And then he said the afternoon games happened, and he ended up just rolling people. Then he went and on a had, tear. Yeah, and he didn't lose 
ever since I made the call that remember, I don't know we can go back to a couple episodes back in November, but I said, I, I made a couple hot takes that were completely terrible, but I said, Jim makes the playoffs and John misses the playoffs. <laughs> and both of those didn't happen. And John actually said after that week, he listened to that episode and he didn't lose a single game after that. So I guess that's the curse, the, the podcast curse or something. And Jim's team, I don't know, have you noticed Jim's team? It's actually turning into a legitimate fantasy football team now. It's going to be interesting to see how he does next year. I haven't looked all too closely. I've kind of, you know, after the fantasy football championship, it just kind of stops for me. I don't really, Yeah. I just, I just kind of, there goes into a lull. I, I, you know, it's kind of the, the doldrums of, of fantasy football where I don't really know what to do. I don't check my team anymore. I don't get updates, but let's take a look at Papa Louie's team here. High speed chase, by the way, one of the best team names of the season. <laughs> Love that one. But, yeah, he's got some good players. A-Chain and Jalen Warren is emerging as a good running back. Smith and Jigba. Wandale Robinson started to kind of come on near the end. Jonathan Taylor, if he stays healthy. And once he gets Chase and Burrow back, uh, I think he's totally going to be. He won't be a bottom feeder. He's not going to be a bottom feeder. Unless bad luck comes upon him. Yeah, which happened to him this year. Yeah. So anyway, John John wins a championship. Do you want to do you want to talk about sure. the game between John and Aaron B? Yep, I suppose I'm as much of an expert on them as anyone since they were in my division and I played each of them twice. Uh, John ended up as, as we've said, John won the championship. He won 172 to 149. In that championship week, he had Lamar Jackson who went for 40 points, which made up he actually didn't get big games out of Saquon Barkley, Swift, Brown, Wilson, those were all uh single digit point scores for him, but he uh, also got big points out of his defense. Uh his Jaguars defense got twenty five and Aaron's only had two. I'm not sure exactly who Aaron had for a defense, but that was a 23-point difference, which actually was the exact difference in the point margin of the final score. So we don't think defenses do much, but they, apparently they can win you championships sometimes. Aaron had good point scores out of Brees Hall, Moore, Mayfield, but there he just had too many single-digit point scores himself. Yeah, looking at his team on championship week, Cole Komet had zero points, and he had really leaned on Komet. down the stretch to pick up double digits for him. He had zero points. His defense was the Raiders at two points. And Austin Eckler, his big move kind of midseason, made a a big trade to get Eckler, uh, had four points only in championship week. He just didn't turn out this year as much as... But he put up a good fight, 148 to 171. John comes out victorious. I mean, John's just John. It's going to be... It's going to be hard to, to knock him off that pedestal. He's yeah. always sniffing around uh, first, second, third place every year, as we talked about with 14 trophies in his trophy case right now. I think he needs a bigger trophy case. It's, it's filling up. You're not too shabby. You have seven trophies. You are actually second place. You have half as many as John. But if John wasn't in the league, you'd be the most prolific fantasy football owner in the league. You have two golden footballs, four silvers, and a bronze. I mean, you're you're nothing to sneeze at either, my friend. Well, John's coming over to my house this Saturday, so I might have to uh, 
Might have to do something to him to. Uh... I tried to jinx him. I, I he's like unjinxable. I don't even know what to say to this guy. He's he's like Teflon. Everything just bounces off that Superman. guy. Superman. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, third place game. What a shootout! Uh, these yes. two guys were in my division, so I better take a few cracks at them here before we we go. Josh puts on a great show. Finishes the season on 190 points, beats Bob 190 to 185. Both of these guys high scoring. Pretty much position by position, they were pretty much neck and neck. Bob had Devontae Adams score 40. That was his high score. That was a big one. Also Jordan Love with 28. Josh had Ayuk with 27. St. Brown with 22. Justin Fields with 25. Josh's big win here is Harrison Butker. Josh hates kickers, by the way. If you ask Josh if we could abolish kickers, Josh would be the first one. Josh hates kickers. And Harrison Butker got 21 points, six field goals on the day. I don't know if you remember this game, but they beat Cincinnati on a particularly cold day at home. Yeah, I do. And I was particularly mad about all this because they kept getting inside the red zone and not putting it in for a touchdown. And everybody knows at this point who my team is that's putting up my points is Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Rashi Rice. And if they're not scoring touchdowns, then I'm not winning. And we'll get to that here in the Constellation Championship when we discuss uh, our game. But if Butker's getting 21, you know I'm having a bad day. <laughs> yep. But your Rashi Other- Rice draft pick has sure turned out to uh, to be pretty damn well. I'm pleased with that one. That was a... Uh, that was somebody I had my eye on and worked really hard to make sure I had a draft pick. And I think on draft day, maybe some eyebrows got raised because some people maybe not had him on their radar early in the second round. But I knew that I couldn't miss on him, especially if I had a chance to pair him up with Mahomes. So we'll talk about kind of draft day wins and draft day losses kind of near the end of the pod. We've got a little segment yeah. where we're going to take a look at who we think are were the best draft picks of the of the draft based on value and maybe who were some of the, the lesser draft picks for the draft. But yeah, thank you. I I'm, I'm glad I, I would say Rashi rice would be my number one wide receiver pick. And my worst pick was my number, number one pick, which was uh, Quentin Johnston who ended up having just a terrible season. And those two pretty much like flipped value, right? Like Johnston yep. looks like a second rounder, maybe a third rounder. And Rashi rice looks like a mid to upper first rounder. I wouldn't um, mail so. it in on Johnston just yet, though. He seen, he has all the skill in the world. He just seems to need oh. to put it all together. I know. Well, you, you got what's-his-nuts, the head coach over there, who's a defensive coach, who's yep. trying to coach an offensive team. That uh, is just, yeah. He's, he's out now, and you might Justin get Herbert will find him. Ooh, we might get Harbaugh. I hope he throws a Johnston. Mm-hmm. That's what I need. Yeah, I was looking at my team, and I, I'm I'm sitting okay for next year. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that. That You know, we got a whole off-season of podcasts. John mm-hmm. doesn't want us to stop podcasting. He wants to go every week or every other week. He's been sending me ideas for podcasts. He's like, <laughs> if you guys run out of stuff to talk about, here's a couple more things. So all John, right. a loyal listener, really wants us to keep this rolling all the way through. I think he just wants to hear us talk him up. That's That's the deal. Maybe we should talk crap about him the whole time and then... Then he won't want any more podcasts. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. All right. Anyways. Consolation Bracket Championship. You and me. The battle of the podcasters. Who won? I don't even remember. I think you won. 
I won in a strange game where you had all of the early games, basically, and I had all of the late games. So, of course, you jumped out to the early lead, and it looked pretty insurmountable. But then the late games came, and I had guys like Metcalf and Pickens. They each went for 100 yards up in Seattle. And meanwhile, you had Mahomes and Kelsey combined for only 16, 17 points, which for you, that's that's got to be almost death right there if those two combined mm-hmm. for that. Sure. Yeah, you had Kyron Williams go for thirty, and he was he was a great a great transaction middle of the season for you. I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that near the end of the pod. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, Pickens for a hundred yards. Aiden O'Connell had twenty points. Man, I couldn't get twenty points out of Mahomes all season, and that would surprise the hell out of anybody. But I see a twenty point quarterback on any team, and I'm like, oh man, what I w- I'd bite my arm off to get a twenty point quarterback mm-hmm. performance because. Mahomes was just not that good. I think he only threw for three touchdowns twice this season, and it's just been really hard to to well, hitch my wagon to that yeah, guy. It's not really his fault though either. It's the I, I know it's the offense they got there. It's it's an offense in transition. I don't think it's it's a finished product by any means. But we'll see when they 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 might be coming around a little bit here as they pl- hit the playoffs. I had ETN score almost thirty. That was awesome. Then that one scared I had, me. I do remember watching that, and ETN was doesn't wasn't really doing much, and then all of a sudden, didn't he rip off like an eighty yarder or something like that? Yeah, it's like sixty five yards, I think. Yeah, and I had the Bills play New England and got twenty four points. So, uh, yeah, I put up a good fight, but when my big time players aren't playing big time games, it's going to be tough. Derrick Henry four points, Tyler Lockett two points. Henry's so, always yeah. a, Henry was a crapshoot this season. Yeah, and I heard he I heard he might be retiring. I don't know. I'm not surprised, but he if he plays, he'll be a good depth running back for yep. next year. And if he does retire, then Tajay Spears becomes their bell cow running back. And guess who has Tajay Spears? Is that is that Jim? I don't even know. Nope. Is it Jim? One more. It was. It's John. Oh, son of, of a course. Gun. Same family. I wasn't even thinking. Yep. So well, just add another does. starting running back to his roster. Jeez. Yeah. And, and a good one at that. Like he's a pass catcher, right? He he's is, kind of yeah. a, like a hybrid yeah, hybrid a, guy who like runs and catches like a Debo, but almost more, more of a running back, back Debo. Yep. Good for John. Yeah. Good for John. Whatever. Yeah. Screw that guy. Enough. Screw that guy. If you're listening, John, screw that guy. Who needs them? Actually, when we redraft leagues, I I hope I get it in John. I if you wanna if you wanna be the best, you gotta be in the best division. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about being in John's division for 18 years, but maybe you need a break from him. But you know what? I'm not. I mean, I'm scared, but I'm not scared because I took Josh on this season. Josh was arguably the best team in the league all season, and I beat him twice. So these these teams are beatable. My team is good enough on its day to beat some of the best teams. I'm just yep. I'm just. Two and twenty-two career against John, so it's just I catch him at a bad time. So what do you do? The uh, good thing about whatever. being in John's division is we love trash talking with each other. So that's always, I think that's the best part about it. Well, I'll get more chances to trash talk with John if I get put in his division. So division drafters, I'm talking to Joey, I'm talking to Getch, I'm talking to Teagues. If you guys are listening, 
if you want, if you pick, if you pick John in your division, which you probably won't pick John, you'll probably get stuck with John, to be honest. He'll be, he'll be the last he'll kid the, picked on the playground. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I hope, I hope it all works out where John and I are in the same division. That would be fun to, to develop a rivalry with him because he certainly has been the best over the last couple of years. And maybe, and I want to be the one, I want to be the one to make a miss the playoffs. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say it. I want, I want to be the one. Let's move on to a little history recap. Well, some of you who don't know, maybe you do know, maybe you're new to the pod, but I have been keeping detailed notes and history of our league since we started. I've got a lot of different data and I've got, like I mentioned before, a trophy case. So I've got a count of everybody's trophy hall since the league started. And we already kind of recapped. John's got five golden, three silver and six bronze. Easy, you got two gold, four silver and one bronze. The trophies that were awarded this year, Aaron Vivacqua gets a silver trophy in his third year in the league as an expansion team. He gets his first trophy, and it's a silver, so congratulations to him. And Josh picks up his third bronze football, and now he has four total trophies. He has a gold and three bronze, so he gets his fourth. So that's a little update on the trophy case. A little bit more on the history of the league. Let's take a look at division championship totals. Division champions this year, John got his 10th division championship. In the Ponder division, Shunk was a champion, and this counts as Shunk's fourth division championship all time. And that is tied with Jake in that division for four division championships. Remember, these division championships also include before we realigned to three divisions. So Jake and Shunk were not in the same division up until a few years ago. So those aren't head-to-head division championships necessarily, but... They've got four. And in the Farad division, Josh picks up his second division championship all time. Uh, currently, I'm in the lead in that division. I have five division championships. So my team's, my team's been around for a while. We've been putting up some decent points and some decent records. So I got five division championships, and Josh is the next closest with two. So, But that's uh, kind of the rundown of the history and the trophy case update. Yeah, looking forward to realigning next year, and we'll see how that goes. We're going to realign, draft new divisions, and congratulations to John and Shunk for triggering the Dynasty Pot as well. Both of them take a share of the Dynasty Pot with uh, their three division wins, actually three consecutive division wins for each one of them, I do believe. And if I would have won this season as well, I could have had a share of that Dynasty Pot. This would have been my third in a row, but I couldn't come up with the goods this year. Congrats to them. Um, Let's take a look at some 2023 fantasy awards taking a look back over the season i wanted to hear your take on who your most valuable player was maybe your least valuable player thinking in about trades maybe your best trade your worst trade then we'll discuss maybe the if we redraft or we we take a look at the draft who was the best draft pick you know what what draft pick was the best what was the worst I'd, I'd like to hear your take on, on, on these things. So tell me, tell me about your, your MVP. Who do you think your most valuable player was this season? All right. For me, for my team, it, I really think it's twofold. The, there's the completely obvious answer, which is Christian McCaffrey. He was the number one scorer in the league. It seemed like if I missed the first 10 minutes of one of his games, he already had 15, 20 points put up, which was unbelievable it was just so nice it's so nice to have a guy on your team where you expect 25 30 points every week where it's it's not even a good week it's just an average week when they put up that much and 
then when they do have a good week, it, you're looking in the 40 to 45 point range, which for most players in the NFL, that's just not even doable. They don't get the ball enough to even try and put up that many points. But then I also look at it on the side of Kyron, how Kyron Williams could be my most valuable player, where once I picked him up, that's when my team started to take off. I traded for him, and I was hoping for a lot, and I got way more than I expected out of him, and I will be super happy to have both McCaffrey and Williams next year in my starting backfield. I think that will be a great one-two punch. I thought I saw there was a stat somewhere they had on TV where Williams was one of the first players to have or to be in the top five of rushing yard categories, having missed more than five games or some weird stat like that where he was the first person to do it. So definitely expecting big things out of him now again in the future. And then as far as my least valuable player... I'd probably have to go with George Pickens, least valuable, most frustrating player I've probably ever had. He has all the skill in the world, but he really never produced until the last two games of the season. And it's hard to tell, is it him or is it the fact that he really didn't have a quarterback throwing the ball the whole year? Because once Mason Rudolph took over and... uh started actually throwing the ball downfield, which is something Kenny Pickett never did. That's when Pickens started producing. So he was my least viable player, but at the same time, I'm willing to say it probably wasn't all of his fault. As far as my trades go, my best trade, the trade that I got Kyron Williams where I gave up uh Team Mac, Terry McLaurin, a first-round pick, and a third-round pick. So I was definitely happy with the outcome of that. And then for my worst trade, I thought I had it figured out when I sent Nico Collins, Pachenko, and a first for DK Metcalf. And it wasn't that Metcalf was bad or anything. I just probably overpaid a bit for him. But then you had to remind me of the trade that I did before the season where uh gave pretty much Tyreek Hill away for, what what was it, a first-round pick? and I don't remember necessarily, but, yeah, you traded it, him to Josh for I, – I just remember that because I was thinking, why did you trade him to my division? I didn't want him <laughs> in my division. That's why I, that one stood out to me, and that's why I threw that one back at you. Yeah, that was back in like May of last year. Yep. I yep. asked you about it recently. I don't think on the pod, but you said that you thought maybe he his best years were behind him. Is that kind of – do you I remember this was, conversation? I thought he was a smaller speed guy. He was actually – I think he's like 29 years old now. So mm-hmm. I figured between him getting a little older and then switching from Mahomes to Tua, definitely I was of the impression that Mahomes was helping him get all of his mm-hmm. stats the year before, but he put up even better stats with Tua. So I guess you you live and you learn. Commenting on your best trade, at the time, I don't know if I would have said this was a, a good fair trade, but it, this is one of those where you're like, you gave up a T-Mac, which is an established starter, and a first 
for Kyron Williams, who's a young running back who had some good games last year, but didn't didn't run the run the you know he, he didn't run the NFL. That's one of them where like it didn't look good at first, but it looks great now. And then this other one that you say is your worst trade, Nico Collins, Pacheco, and a first for DK Metcalf kind of looks the other way. Like, I didn't think that was a bad trade at first, but now because Nico Collins turns into the number one guy in Houston, Pacheco overtook RB1 in Kansas City, and the first-round pick is whatever. But I didn't think that was a terrible trade either. So those those are two trades that looked looked the wrong way but the one turned out great for you and the other one turned out not so great for you all right i'll take a crack at this i've been looking through my through my team and i would say my most valuable player this season would probably be etn he ended up being the third best running back uh in the season nobody on my team really stood out although rashi rice kind of poured it on at the end as he developed better rapport from the beginning of the year to the end of the year it had to be etn it it wasn't mahomes and you were talking about how nice it was to have CMC always putting up 20 points, 30 points, you know, like that's just like the the default. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was for me with, with Mahomes for the last couple of years. I didn't have to worry about winning the quarterback battle week in and week out because I could always count on him to get 25 points, you know, 300 yards and three touchdowns is pretty much guaranteed. Pencil it in. And that's why I won the last two years in division titles because he, I could have sh- terrible weeks from everybody else, but he was just a reliable 25 to 30 point guy every week. And this season, let me tell you, ride that CMC train until it's not there cuz it is a lonely a lonely season when the guy that you expect to do well gets half as much as he he normally gets. So, good for you, but I wouldn't wouldn't bet the farm on CMC being around Yo. um f- for for a boatload of years yet. So, yeah, he's I wouldn't up say my age as well especially running back age. Yep. I would not say Mahomes is my least valuable player. I would have to put that on uh, Jahan Dotson this season coming in preseason. I was really expecting him to take a huge leap forward. He had a great rookie season. He ended up having a less productive season in his second year playing more games. So he scored less fantasy points but played more games. So his points per game dropped significantly. I thought he would take a huge step forward. Young wide receiver developing a rapport with a young quarterback like Sam Howell, but Sam Howell kind of tanked near the end of the season, and he might not even be the starter in Washington anymore. That that whole team kind of tanked. I would also put, I got another least valuable player that I thought maybe could crack my flex some days, but Mooney, um, Darnell Mooney out of Chicago. I traded for him preseason and thought maybe he would be a contributor, but he really didn't do anything, and maybe it's a Chicago issue. I don't even think he's on my team anymore. I'm pretty sure I cut him kind of near the end, but I was holding on to him hoping he would eventually turn into something. That would be my, those would be my least valuable players. My best trade would be hard for me to come by. I really had to dig through all of my trade history to find a best trade. And this is what I came up with, E. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Send it okay. Be- before the season started, I traded 20 fab to Shunk for, for Zeus White who ended up being the backup to uh, Josh Jacobs all season. I knew he was going to be the backup to Josh Jacobs, and that's why I got him, because Josh Jacobs was holding out, and I just paid 20 fab for Zeus White, and Shunk was running a hard bargain. I was like, 20? That's a lot for a guy who's probably never going to play. It turns out, at the end of the season, he got his chance to be the starting guy, what, the last three weeks of the season? Yep. And he was steadily 20 points. Week 15, 
17 points. Week 16, 17 points. Week 17, 15. And then in week 18, he had 16 more points. So once he's took over the starting job in the last four weeks of the season, he he was a starting starting running back numbers. And so I'm I'm hopeful. Josh Jacobs is certainly not re-signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. And as far as I can tell, Zamir White will be, for all intents and purposes, the running back number one in Las Vegas unless, you know, it's his job to lose it, it seems, based on how he did down the stretch here. So I would say that's my best. My best trade was a guy who didn't actually even play until week 16. That's how bad my trades were this season. You want to hear? Do you want to hear some bad trades, E? Let's go down some bad trades. I I got a top three list. You ready for this? Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Worst trade of the season, number three. I traded Goff to Shunk preseason. Shunk was really hot on Goff. I was too. We were just moving into a super flex league, and I had held on to Goff last year, knowing full well he's my super flex quarterback, so I could pair him up with with Mahomes. And I didn't really want to trade him. Shunk just kind of wore me down, as Shunk tends to do. And I ended up trading Goff for a number of like late first-round picks and second-round picks. I'd, I kind of regret that. I think that if Goff was on my team, I would still have two decent quarterbacks rather than one quarterback and one not-so-good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I, I regret that from the moment that I made that trade. Worst trade number two. We'll come back to this trade because there's a knock-on effect that you'll hear about in my very, very worst trade. So All right. Second worst trade of the season is when I traded two seconds and $20 to Joey for Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders had a pretty good year last year, but it was a contract year, and he was heading into free agency. He was really good with, with Philadelphia, had a great season, uh, signed a big contract with Carolina. First couple weeks of the season, he did okay. And then I traded for him, and then he tanked. So at the time, the trade chart checked out fine. I used a dynasty trade ranking value, and two second-round picks was fair for Miles Sanders, and I threw in the $20 just to get Joey over the hump, and Joey went for it. Joey's now swimming in $20 of fab and two second-round picks, and I have a guy that I cut near the end of the season. So I traded two seconds for Miles Sanders. That was probably my second-worst trade. So let's go back to that golf trade. I was really pissed that I traded Goff, had seller's remorse. Oh, within 19 minutes, here's what I have written down in my notes. The same day I traded Goff to Shunk, I had seller's remorse, and within 19 minutes, I traded a first rounder that I got in the Goff deal, along with a second rounder to Aaron Bavacqua, for one of his two San Francisco quarterbacks. Which quarterback did I choose, Elliot? I have a pretty good guess. (laughs) It was not Brock Purdy, I will tell you that. Would it be Trey Lance? It was Trey Lance. I traded a first and a second round pick for Trey Lance. And at the time I was negotiating with Aaron Bavacqua and I think he was willing to let me take my pick because Trey Lance was coming off a Tommy John surgery and I didn't think he was going to start the first couple weeks of the season. And I thought Lance would at least get his chance to get his foot in the door and maybe hold on to the starting job. As it all turns out, Trey Lance is not the guy. And I traded a first and second round pick for Trey Lance all because I was regretting trading Goff. And to be honest, looking back, if I would have picked Purdy, I would have almost certainly made the playoffs. So, so then there's a third, a third echo or a third knock-on effect is I went back because I was really struggling for a quarterback and I ended up trading two second-round picks to Aaron B. for Geno two months later. So because I traded Goff away, it cost me a first and second for Lance, and it cost me two more seconds for Geno. And that trade alone, the Goff trade, in my mind, is going to set me back a number of years of development because it cost me a first and two second round picks. 
Yeah, draft capital. But the good news is the one of those first round picks I got in the golf traded was Rashi Rice. I got with a second round pick. It's first, I think the first pick in the second round. So that could be the only way to save this is if he turns in to be a superstar. If he drops his first name and turns into Jerry Rice, then maybe I could end up winning the golf trade. But I think he I might am, be putting up Jerry Rice numbers before long with Mahomes throwing him the ball. I think those, I don't know. I I'm very high on those on the Mahomes to Rice connection. The Goff trade, as I said, trade uh, set me back a number of high draft picks. The draft capital that we talked about about how to make a successful team a couple pods ago, and this this one I still like. You know, it's the one that got away. It's the it's the fish that got off the line. All of the the, the knock on deals that I made as a result have set me back a number of draft picks. So I'm I'm just need to hunker down. I'll just hold on to my picks and be smart with them and hopefully turn it back around here in not too long. I'll ask you this. Do you think anything is ever going to come of Trey Lance, or is he just going to be a forever mm, backup I, there in Dallas? I don't know. I'm hopeful. The quarterback carousel is hot right now. There's a reason he's not a starter, but maybe if he's got a chance to show himself, he could be. He might get plucked off of the practice squad or might get cut or traded for something mm-hmm. so but i'm hopeful he gets an, another chance which is why i picked him up at the end of the season i dropped some of my scrubs and and put him on my bench for free agency so he's riding my bench again and hopefully you know you never know what happens in the off season yeah. some injuries but there's a reason he's not a starter or even a backup for that matter and we'll see how much longer i can i can fill up a roster spot with that guy i don't know what do you think does he have a chance i think he does i don't know it might give it two years have dallas trade him to someone that needs a quarterback kind of mm-hmm. he's just kind of sitting and waiting in the wings like uh jordan love did in green bay which i realize is a totally different situation but guys can sit on the bench for three four years learn a bunch I'm not a Dak Prescott fan at all, but I'm sure he can learn a lot from Dak sitting on the bench there. Let's finish up by talking about our best and worst draft picks. Let's start with the best draft picks. Who do you think had the best best draft pick, value-wise or whatever, just for any reason, who do you think the best draft pick was this season? I hate saying it just because we've been talking about him a ton already, but John picking up Puka Nakua in the third round, ninth pick of the third round, I think that has to go as number as number one. Puka's turned out to be just a absolute bomb of a receiver. Uh, in the playoffs this last week, what did he put up, like 180 yards and a touchdown or something like that? He just runs over people. It doesn't even look like he's running fast or hard, but he's running over people, through people, past people. So I would definitely give uh, John the first place trophy as far as, or the best draft pick, sorry. I would agree. After I saw him finish his regular season, I went back to see if he was even on the Call Me Index. And sadly, he was not even on the Call Me Index. So I went back and tried to recreate his Call Me Index value for kind of thinking back to draft day, what he would have been. And he would have been in the top of the Call Me Index based on the fact that he fell all the way to the third round, I probably would have taken him at the beginning of the third round if he was on my call me index. I think I took Chase Brown. It's 
I took Chase Brown at something still, but I took him thinking he would be a developmental running back because I didn't think Joe Mixon had many years left in Cincinnati and Chase Brown was a a rookie and I I drafted Chase Brown at the first pick of the third round. But if I would have had Puka on my call me index, I probably would have taken him at 3.1. I didn't have a second round pick after the couple that I had in the first couple picks. So after that, it would have been 3.1. So I'm kind of bummed I didn't have Puka on my draft board at all, to be honest. He was on, I I pulled out my draft sheet and I just had players color-coded and I noticed I did have him as green, so I'm kind of disappointed that I don't know why I didn't take him, whether I didn't have picks or pick someone else, Mm -hmm. but when I saw that I had him green, I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and dropped Mm -hmm. my head and was just like, oh, so close. That could be about a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of draft picks over the last 18 years. I think my best draft pick would be Aaron Bavacqua. He got Tank Dell in the fourth round, the fifth pick of the fourth round. And before his season-ending injury, that dude looked like a superstar, paired up with his other rookie, paired up with C.J. Stroud. I thought for sure he was going to be the deal. I actually was looking at trading him Debo for for Tank Dell straight up, and then he got injured for for the rest of the season. And then Debo ended up kind of waking up at around the same time, kind yes, of be getting did. healthy. So Aaron and I were close to pulling a Debo for Tank Dell straight up trade, kind of near around the t- trade deadline, but it didn't work out for either of us. And uh, we'll, we'll maybe revisit that. Let's talk about worst draft picks here before we go. Do you want me to go first? I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, I go mean, for it. I think the worst draft pick, I'm going to once again pile on myself and say Quentin Johnston was one of the worst draft picks of this year's draft based on just how he turned out. I know he has the, the, the skills, he has the size, he has the speed, he's got all the intangibles. I had him in the first round, and I had my pick of Zay Flowers, Jordan Anderson, or Quentin, and I took Quentin. Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison went after him. Of all of those guys, of the three of them, Zay Flowers and Addison had over 200 points each this season, and Quentin only had 89. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say my mid-first round, mid round pick of Quentin Johnson was the worst pick of the, of the last year's draft. What, what is, what's your take on 2023 draft? We kind of talked about this together where we don't like to talk about other players' teams in the negative sense, but I feel like I can say that Aaron Pavacqua with the Bryce Young did not work out the best this year. I feel like I can say this because he's a quarterback and he still can turn out. He looks like he's still going to be the quarterback in Carolina for years to come and he might yeah. just need some development, but just didn't turn out this year, could turn out next year and the year after that, and could end up being a Pro Bowl quarterback. Who knows? But if Yeah, we quarterback that. development is not quite linear, right, as, yeah. as others, as you others got, can. You got Stroud doing one thing, and you got Bryce Young doing another thing. Yeah. Did he take him with the number two pick? I, Do you remember? I believe so. Yeah, I just pulled it up. He did. He took Bryce Young with the number two pick, and then Smith and Jigba with three. Richardson went four to uh, Jake. Gibbs, again, to Jake, and then C.J. Stroud. Imagine if Aaron took C.J. Stroud at number two and John took Bryce, took Bryce Young. Yep. That would have – I think I think right there that flips, that that, that flips their teams it. right there. That would have tilted sure. the seesaw. 
Yeah. Aaron Bavakwa would probably be holding the golden trophy and John might not have even made the playoffs because he leaned on CJ Stroud significantly down the stretch and a super flex quarterback what he led the league in yards and didn't he lead the league in yards and best touchdown interception ratio or something like that so uh, yeah I think cj Stroud like, was a huge pickup for john i think he only had like four or five interceptions the entire year which for a rookie is unbelievable well anyway we're coming up on time here i gotta get going i gotta get the kids it was really nice catching up with you. I'm looking forward to talking to you throughout this off season and we'll probably, I'll, I'll reach out to you a couple more times and see, uh, I'll share with you some of the ideas John shared with me and maybe we can come up with a pod every couple weeks, or maybe I'll just come over, bring some wings and we can pod just hanging out and watch some, some college basketball. What does that sound? How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. Awesome. Well, it's nice to pod with you again, easy. And we'll, we'll catch you, catch you next time. All right. Sounds good. Have a good one.